When we started this podcast, our mission was to make literature enjoyable for those who don't particularly enjoy reading while building a tribe with serious readers within our community. We knew that for this show to work, we needed to do our absolute best. That's why before our official launch in January of 2020, we handpicked a select pool of test listeners in 2019. For them, we recorded and published a few episodes of Lit Society. They provided feedback and we improved the show based on their comments. What you're about to hear is the first episode we ever published exclusively for that pool of first listeners. The book we're featuring is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This is still one of our favorite episodes, even though it's clear we haven't completely ironed out the show's flow and audio, but you're going to love it. Without further ado, here's Lit Society, beta episode number one. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hot. Enjoy. Till the coronavirus is resolved, criminals take a break. Stay home. Okay, stay home. And don't commit any crimes. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. A young doctor allows his obsession with the duality of human nature to lead him down a path littered with lies murder and destruction oh, no. his name is dr henry jekyll the book is the strange case of dr jekyll and mr high and you're listening to lit society let's get lit <laughs> oh. This is Alexis. And this is Kari. And you're listening to The Lit Society, a show about books and drama. Yes. Let us begin. Mm -hmm. How you doing this I'm good. Week? How are you doing? You cute? I like your hair. <laughs> oh, thank you. A friend did it for me. And yes, I, just... I know this friend. She's mm -hmm. very good. She is. Them parts, Oh, fire. my goodness. The symmetry. Mm -hmm. Symmetrical. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Perfection. Thank you. So how has your week been? Yeah, it's cool. I've been um, trying to leave the house more often, you know, um, just to like not live the rest of my life on my couch and oh, it's not going so well yeah though i mean <laughs> i let my yes me know a couple of times this week and didn't go to a couple of things but i'm, I'm why don't better. you want to get out you know home is where the heart is and i really like being at home you i don't know, know. i 100 percent agree i could yeah. stay at home like forever oh my goodness it's awesome mm -hmm. everything's free the drinks free i mean you pay for them but you know but they've been in the house so yeah yeah. You don't have to work hard for them. Right. Hmm. Everything's cheaper when you stay at home. I believe that. Mm -hmm. A little popcorn, a little drinky drink. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some um, Evian, some Ice Mountain. Say it again. <laughs> you know I love me some Ice Mountain. <laughs> Ice Mountain is good. See, get on board. Yeah, I drink Evian, but I think that's because that's like I'm trying to be something I'm not, which is like... <laughs> It's like here, folks. I just, just drink regular. ice mountain or tap water. The tap water is good in our neighborhood. So listen about the tap water thing. No, don't drink that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I drink my tap water filtered. Oh yeah, I use yeah, the Brita sure, filter, and sure. I still have to add. Is lemons. it Brita? Yeah, it's a Brita. I've filter. heard Brita. Ooh, Brita. Mm -hmm. However, again, classy. <laughs> drink Evian or tap from a Brita. So what you been up to lately? <laughs> you know, I'm really trying to get my life in order. How long did it take you to get your hair done? I'm talking about my life. <laughs> Do you not want to know hair about Hair is life? life. You know, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really count, but I got home before midnight. Ooh, oh, okay. I, it ended before midnight, and I think it was a late start. Because you text me at 3 a.m., so I was just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I misread a text message. Okay, don't hold that. Okay, no, no, okay? no, I'm don't not. hold me. So I needed to focus. Right. I needed. It's a lot of work. Just right. can I just tell you about my life? Yeah, please. I'm sorry. All right. So listen, <laughs> I am getting ready for work trip next week, and so Ooh, where are you part going? of this Dallas. Oh, and it's my first time in Dallas. But part of this is. It's a lot of prep required because it's an orientation for uh, new attorneys. So mm. it's just a lot. It's really time consuming and it's just it's a lot of time consuming. And so I have a lot of last minute things to do and it just, you know, it just consumes me. Right. So it's been a busy week, but I got through it 
Well, it's good we read a shorter book this Mm -hmm. week then, too. Yeah, it's very good. So, I I mean, without giving too much away, you work with lawyers, with attorneys. I do, yeah. How is that? Are they very demanding? Yeah, they are very demanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They demand perfection. I'm not going to go into detail. (laughs) They are very demanding. Well, first of all, I know it's great and you love your job. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're very... I imagine yeah, they yeah, want right. things done a certain way, which is cool. Doesn't think, everybody? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You've cool. definitely been this way this week with this podcast. <laughs> Do this. Say it like this. And folks, this is the norm here. Can I assure you there's always things like you do when one is really talking about themselves. But let's skip forward because each week we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book that we're reading. This week, the theme is duplicity, maybe duality. Mm. And so duality, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of two different things, I think, but What, duplicity and duality? Yeah, because Mm -hmm. duality, and I want to say dualism also, Mm -hmm. they have to do with um, like two... Two and one. So maybe one one person representing two things. Right. And duplicity has more to do with... One person or two... Wait, what? (laughs) Um, Duplicity has more to do with um, deception. Oh, right, right. Mm -hmm. Some trickery behind that where this dualism or um, duality really has to do with two people. And so we may... Yeah, yeah, or two Mm -hmm. things. So we may... It comes out a lot in kind of a good or evil, mm-hmm, good versus mm-hmm. evil thing, like your good side or your evil side. And then we can also have it in a way that we're presenting ourselves in one way. Right. Um, but we're really another way. Oh, that's interesting. But is that is that always deceptive? No, it's not. And what is that? That's duplicity. Duplicity is the deception. But duplicity one. has a negative connotation. Yes. Yes. But yes. duplicity can just be you speak a certain way at home and another way at work. Yep. It could be what people of color are like famous for doing, you guys. Code switching. <laughs> yeah, code switching mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Or or you And wanna... that's just learned behavior. That's not um deceptive. No, I wouldn't say it was deceptive. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely wouldn't say it was deceptive, but it 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 comes off deceptive when you're trying to fool someone. When you're trying to make somebody believe that. Mm-hmm. I see doubt in your eyes. <laughs> I see questioning. Because I see code switching as not fooling someone, but um, it's like almost like a survival technique to get what you want from this structure. You are conforming to a certain either behavior or speech pattern. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not um, deceptive. De- you're not fooling are you fooling anyone? You're fooling the person that doesn't know that other side of you. So do you think code switching is wrong? Like we should be who we are at all times? If we were able to, that would be okay. So but sometimes I think it's de- not. I think sometimes in certain um, atmospheres, work atmospheres, you can be who you are at home. But for me, I can say it, it feels like I don't really need you to know me like that. <laughs> I feel like when I'm with my friends and my family, I am more relaxed and I like that. I like the fact that there is a shell that you maybe don't really know the inner person. I like that too. Yeah. I absolutely like that because let me just tell you at work, I'm like, if you ask me something, I'm about, which doesn't happen. I think people know. Mm-hmm. Not that they can't talk to me, but mm-hmm. that's just not something that comes up. And so I'm okay with Wait, what what isn't something that comes up? Questioning personal personal lives. Oh, trying that, to get to know all your business and all that. Yeah, that they're doesn't pretty really professional. Yeah, they're for the most part pretty professional. That yeah. does not typically happen in my work environment. Right. Like when it comes to vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't say I want to go here. I'm going here on January 31st. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. I just say I'm going to be out of the office. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why is it important what I I'm don't doing? Know. It's it not, does. You know, I have a problem with that. I am very much, and um, the older I get, the less I'm able to code switch. I think it takes <laughs> a lot of focus, and I don't have it as much as I used to. So I am very much 
becoming the same person everywhere and that's not always good so I'll say what I'm where I'm going what I'm doing hey I'm doing this you didn't ask but I'm gonna tell you and then I'm gonna send an email to staff like don't look for me I'm in Cuba (laughs) 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 no one cares no one asks but I, I I don't know it's like and then, too, I don't feel like who I am at home. Maybe you're not used to it, but it's not unprofessional. It's not I'm not going to act unprofessionally. Of course, at home, I'm not I don't have a professional persona, but I'm not doing anything that's going to misrepresent you or your company. So right. just deal with it. Right. This is the way I talk. And you are you should be grateful <laughs> to have diversity in your life. That's I'm true. grateful for the diversity I have in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't expect everyone around me at work, home, wherever to talk like me and to act like me. That's boring. Right. That is boring. So, you know, you welcome. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) So I found when you told me the theme this week, which is duality and duplicity. Yeah. I think all of those words can can apply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I found this article in Film School Rejects and I thought it was very interesting. Are you into Marvel movies? Marvel? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I love them. Okay. Which I feel like our book this week, if you are into um, comic characters characters from comic books or any type of um like superhero genre mm-hmm. this definitely i mean the the, the heckle jive theme is, has been done to death heckle hide thing has been done <laughs> to death so anyway the title of this article is why marvel heroes always fight villains with the same powers and it starts with Ooh, black panther <clears throat> which Uh-oh, obviously wait, I have a black panther you do that is, i love your shirt okay. Ooh. <laughs> forever um so it it talks about how black panther t'challa has to fight killmonger when either they don't have their powers so in the beginning when they're fighting for it to be like king of wakanda yeah yeah that first fight yeah without the which purple is drink. terrible by the way that fight is a little much like calm down it's a little graphic. I don't oh, like it. That, that's true. That is graphic. Mm-hmm. It was kind of... And then in the end, which is a lot cooler, when they both have the pot and the power of the Black Panther has not been taken away from them. I don't think you. I mean, your voice didn't work for that. It, well, neither did his. <laughs> so let's same, not go there. Same. Let's not go there. Okay ridiculous so um yeah but i thought that was very interesting (laughs) and and throughout all of um the marvel universe there's always a big fight in the end with the villain and the protagonist and they all they have to have the same power do they yeah yeah and i mean they didn't all have the power that um Thanos had, right? But maybe uh mm, but they I'm waiting. Yeah. No, that's good. But, mm, mm, you know, that's a great point. That's a great point. But who's Thanos' like true counterpart? All of them. No, I think it's (laughs) Captain Marvel who decided that she has some other business to attend to that was more serious than like saving the universe. (laughs) That's a miswrite. (laughs) That needed an ed. Where have you been? We're dying. We're dying. Where are you? Let us not turn this into a Marvel <laughs> but, comic Yeah, you're right. But. That can be a bonus episode. Mm-hmm. But the point is, um, there's this duet. The point is, um, the comic universe is obsessed with this duality where it's the same power. And essentially, the fight is not between power and power. It's between good and evil. Who is going to win? And in the end, it always has to be the good one. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it but I feel like the story the IP that all of that is based on um, which I think is Jekyll and Hyde the good doesn't win and that is very interesting to me that's that's solid that's good stuff and especially thinking about that this story this good versus evil has been told since the beginning of time right wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. and it's just repeated in variations Mm -hmm. so it's like intrinsic to the human experience Mm -hmm. so we're gonna pull from what we know Mm -hmm. and we've always known this fight between good and evil all right carrie um 
Can you give us some background on Robert Louis Stevenson and his inspiration for Jekyll and Hyde? Sure can. So RLS, as his friends would call him, looks like a thin Adrian Brody with a mustache. Have you seen him? Yeah, I have a picture in my book. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to interrupt, I picked up two books from the library Mm -hmm. and also bought a book at a used bookstore. You're a huge library supporter. Very much so. And so this book that I bought had an annotated edition. Yeah. But I also bought a little thin book Mm -hmm. and I wanted to have the annotated version more. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. So what did you pull from the annotated version that was... Wow, gosh, it's just got his life in there, yeah. like from... The oh, his life, was, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you have some stuff, too. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you what I know about RLS. Okay. Beside the fact that he looks like a thin Adrian Brody. He's Scottish. Mm-hmm. Um, he was obsessed with man's fight between good and evil. He felt like, and this is probably um, a side effect of the Victorian times in which he lived, but he felt like man has to be purely good, which is impossible. And that it would be better to have an evil persona that is separate from you. So you could, a a physical, (laughs) an evil body (laughs) that (laughs) could do your bad stuff while you remained good and did all your good stuff. If it sounds nuts, it is. (laughs) So um, he also suffered from bronchial trouble much of his life, but defied sickness and death by becoming a prolific author in his time. He was like a celebrity. Can I say this? Yeah. I would like to know why every time people get sick, they um, say the doctor recommends go somewhere. They're like, go to the south of France. Right, right. Go to England. Privilege sickness. They don't do that now. No <laughs> one's telling me. I have a travel me, prescription. <laughs> no one is telling me to go to France. Well, was it the doctors or were, was it his like selfish parents? Because his parents were like lovers. His parents were like married and had a kid, but mm-hmm. they were all about each other. And mm-hmm. they was like making eyes and like, eat your food, RLS, and shut up <laughs> and while we kiss. And so he wrote that the child of two lovers is an orphan like Ooh. calm down RLS. that's Deep. a little dramatic so they would take him out of school when he was healthy and make him travel the world <laughs> with them on their lovers <laughs> I like their they, I love them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they was like you ain't gonna stop us from living our life oh, yeah you child. are kid okay and <laughs> So um, he had his friends were in good company. Oh, little side note. The book you and I read last week, Villette. Whew, that's a long one. It's longer than it is. It feels longer than it is. It, does. it, it feels really like 3,000 pages. It's only 600. <laughs> um, so they I'm were kind of contemporary. <laughs> no, don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Ah, Villette. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlotte Bronte and RLS were kind of contemporaries because she died like... 10 years after he was born, five, 10 years or something. But anyway, so this was a time when writers were writing. Yeah. When people were like really for real about writing. Yeah. Not like nowadays. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> uh, he no was, uh, he dreamed elaborately. Yeah. So he dreamed yes. like I dream. Do you dream? I do, but I don't think I dream elaborately. You've never woken up and been like, I got to write that down. That's good. No. Okay, so I do dream in movie form. Is that form. a creative thing? You're a creative person. I don't think I am, though. So that's different. So ask um, ask Gray, your daughter, mm-hmm. if she dreams elaborately. I will. I yeah. will. That's a good question. She didn't want to be mentioned on this podcast. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whole person. <laughs> but, but I mean, some people dream. Like, I can remember my like dreams you, from years ago. No. Yes. No. Some of them are good. The only dreams I remember Ooh. from years ago are the ones of me falling to my death. Well, those I quickly forget. <laughs> <laughs> they stay with me. Oh, that so. sounds mm-hmm. terrible. Well, that's just like, my reality. Okay. Inception. <laughs> so um, he would dream elaborately, wake up and write it down. And Jekyll and Hyde was born from one of his dreams. Mm-hmm. Very cool thing. He told his wife about the dream he had written into a story and she said... You've missed the whole point the of your allegory. own tale. Yeah. And she and he was like, What? First of all, you wasn't writing with me in the gym. And then he thought about it and he was like, No, you're right. Mm-hmm. And he burnt it. 
Yeah. And wrote again. Isn't that deep? Yeah. But then also the fact that he wrote it in three days. I mean, crazy. Yes. Yeah. And it reminded me of Bronte and I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Charlotte and um, V-Light and Jane Eyre. Weren't they written close together? I, I feel like I she wrote Villette in six months, which it yeah. took me that long to read it. <laughs> yeah. Villette was written in a, a short period of time. Yeah. So they were churning out classics. Yeah. Yes. Both form thoughts. Yes. Flushed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ideas. Yeah. So that's RLS, you know? Yeah. And that's just a guy trying to make it. He also wrote Treasure Island. And I, I haven't, I don't know much about Treasure Island, but everything is Treasure Island this, Treasure right, Island right. that. So I, I don't know. I didn't know that came from him. Mm-hmm. Well, Long John Silver is in Treasure Island, and I know that they sell fish sticks in the year of our Lord 2019, which is crazy. <laughs> so that's oh, like Long John Silver. <laughs> the- oh, wait. <laughs> Step <laughs> up. Sell chicken sandwiches. Read the room. I first... Long John Silver is in Georgia. I first introduced him Well, that's there, weird. So. Kari, why don't you... Set us up with a brief synopsis, but don't <laughs> put any spoilers in. No spoilers in the brief synopsis. Okay. okay, I can do this in like three sentences. Here we go. <clears throat> the strange case of Dr. Jekyll. Did you? Really? <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. I'm, you know, I try not to be <laughs> judgmental. <laughs> okay. The strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is the story of a lawyer named Gabriel John Utterson. Oh, you got the whole name? Yeah. Who investigates the monstrous companion of his friend, guess who? Hmm. (laughs) Dr. Jekyll. Mm -hmm. After unnerving deaths of two men, both close to Utterson, the lawyer finally learns the shocking truth. In the end, however, his realization comes too late to save Jekyll from the horrible consequences of the doctor's foolish course. Mm. That's deep. That is deep. Oh, I gave myself chills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good synopsis. Um. Well, I'm going to share my first thoughts. Oh, what were your first thoughts of the book? Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) this is my second reading of the book. Which is crazy, I have to say, because I owned it. But you read my copy, and I had never read it for years. And so let me just say, I think I was cat-sitting for you when I read the book. Thank you again. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (laughs) I was cat-sitting when I read the book, and... While I knew a little bit about the story, yeah. I didn't know about the story. Mm-hmm. I may have I seen a movie, right? But I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So when I read it, I was like, "This book mm-hmm. has me on the edge of my seat." Mm-hmm. So my first impression, my first thoughts, I loved the book. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I loved the book. Yeah, yeah, I did. What about you? So when I first read it after owning it for 20 years, (laughs) uh, when I first opened it last week, I thought, oh, I already know how it ends. (laughs) Can I read a book I'm excited about for once? Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I felt very, um, another book with archaic language. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Although. Stop reminding me. Stop. (laughs) No, you guys. Villette, don't read it. Um, But um, although. Although the language was archaic, it was very easy to follow. Easy. It was. It, I mean, was no words were wasted. Right. So I just felt like I knew it all. And um, I really? Didn't really, yeah, I don't want to read a story where I know how it ends, but I didn't wow. know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you like that anyway, even with movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. So. If I can guess the end, sorry, Tyler I'm like, Perry. Stop trying to guess the ending. <laughs> yeah. Don't do oh, that. Oh, it's a wrap. Just Mm-mm. watch it and you ain't enjoy gonna waste it my time. as it is, as it comes, <laughs> as it's presented to mm, you. Anyway, so. well, good, good. I'm, that's very interesting yeah. to hear that. I, um, that's very interesting. So I man. thought this was another book I'd have to suffer through. <laughs> But it's a short read. Oh, so short, yeah. So I thought I could do it. And I mean, was and the chapters positive. are like two pages each. Right. It was so easy. Yeah, it was a very easy read. And, you know, 
people say easy read and I don't trust them. I know. Because easy to one person is not easy <laughs> to another. True. But this one, I believe, was an easy mm-hmm. read. So thanks for sharing your thoughts. Yeah. I think we should jump into maybe a deep dive Ooh. with a, a kind of plot summary. And let's do it. Put in the spoilers. <laughs> Put in the spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... <clears throat> I have to set this up for you, although you've already read it. This book is presented to us in third person. So we are above it all as we can, but we can only slip into the mind of Utterson. We don't slip into anyone else's POV. So is it first person? No, it's it's third person because it's presented as not I am, I am doing. Right. It's very Utterson did this, Utterson did that, right. Jekyll did this, mm-hmm. blah. Um, the protagonist is Utterson. So this is a book Um, concerning Jekyll and Hyde, but from Utterson's POV. And it starts like this. So Utterson's a lawyer, right? He's described as lean, long, and dusty. Because you're not that cute. (laughs) Your hair's uneven. You look dusty. Okay, but... I love that million. (laughs) And that made me dizzy. I laughed so. It did. It made me like, you need to get an education, Utterson. Well, he did. Mm -hmm. He became a lawyer and he's loved and trusted by his friends. So he's not hideous or anything. He's just like regular. Like, Mm -hmm. give me a celebrity. No. Because we have been talking about this is a, okay, over great. the past few He's days, a Michael so no. B. Jordan. Ooh, He's not cute. No. But symmetrically, his face adds up. <laughs> the math works. The offense that I am taking so, at this very moment. <laughs> no, he's an Idris Elba. So he's like, whatever. So, no, he's a little dusty. <laughs> if fun. you can see Don't my walk face, out, please sit, sit down. Me. Sit right down, now. Alexis. And you take that back. You take it okay, back. Okay, I'm just kidding. He's okay, no Idris. Thank you. If we can continue. Mm-hmm. So, lawyer, a lawyer, Utterson takes a <laughs> weekly walk with his cousin, who shall remain nameless. And their favorite neighborhood Literally. is based. No, he has a name in the book, but it don't matter. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cousin. Mm-hmm. Right. So, their favorite neighborhood is basically Notting Hill. All the houses are like really cute. It's like, you know, Instagrammable. And they come to a door and courtyard that seems an eyesore. So it sticks out okay. in this neighborhood. And his cousin tells him um, the horrible story of the man he knows to live there. So his cousin doesn't know this man personally, but he had um, there was an event where the man who lives there was there as was Utterson's cousin. And so his cousin proceeds to tell him, you know, I know the guy who lives here and he a mess. Well, it was this way. I was coming home from someplace at the end of the world about three o'clock of a black winter morning and my way lay through a part of the town where there was literally nothing to be seen but lamps. Street after street and all the folks asleep. Street after street all lighted up as if for a procession and all as empty as a church. Till at last I got into that state of mind when a man listens and listens and begins to long for the sight of a policeman. All at once I saw two figures, one a little man who was stumping along eastward at a good walk, and the other a girl of maybe eight or ten who was running as hard as she was able down a cross street. Well, sir, the two ran into one another naturally enough at the corner. And then came the horrible part of the thing, for the man trampled calmly over the child's body and left her screaming on the ground. It sounds nothing to hear, but it was hellish to see. It wasn't like a man, it was like some juggernaut. Basically, the man who lives in that house stepped on a child in the middle of the street, which... So, what is the evil? big deal? Get I don't up. know. It's not good. Why was she screaming? Like, get up. She was a little brat. And then, like, her family comes out and they're like, we're gonna make your name Mud. And then the guy yeah. goes, hey, I'll pay you if you shut up. And they go, okay. So, he, like, <laughs> takes great lengths to, like, wait till the bank opens and give them money so like, that they wait. don't tell people. They were like, it's four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And they waited to the Why are y'all bank. in the street with this little girl at four o'clock? See, so, that's the bigger issue. Right. 
so, and so why is he to blame because the girl is playing in the street at but 4 we are to believe that this is the first evidence of a sociopath or a psychopath because okay. he has no feelings even for this child she fell save it for well, your they mama. ran into each other get out you know what the way she was running she ran into him am i supposed to say it again. get your child say it again but whatever utterson knows right away that the man being described is mr hyde and he knows for two reasons first of all he's seen the name in jackal's will right and he knows for a fact that the door and courtyard they're standing in front of connects discreetly dr jackal's home to it connects discreetly to Dr. Jekyll's home. So you can take this door and eventually reach Jekyll's house. Oh, is yes. that what there was? So there is a laboratory in the middle because Jekyll bought the house from an old doctor. So there's like, it's like creepy in there. So Jekyll's house, real quick, tangential. Jekyll's home was purchased from a, sounds like a surgeon. Right. And there is a operating theater in that mess. Jekyll ain't no surgeon. Why he got an operating theater? I have a theory about that. I think Jekyll been messing with um, people. I don't know, like paying people to come in so he can. I don't know. I don't think. I so. don't know. He's kind of. He's a I good got, man. Dr. Jekyll is. Yes. Put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the way this house works is that the front of it is on this good, respectable street. And the back of it isn't like in a bad neighborhood. It's in the Notting Hill neighborhood. So it's cute, but it's not pretty. It like stick juts out into the street and there's a door and a courtyard. And it's kind of unsightly in that Notting Hill-like neighborhood. But if you walk through that door and walk all the way to the back, continue walking, you will eventually reach through the... Um, like kind of a garden area, you'll reach Jekyll's main house. So it's like the mother-in-law area almost, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then Jekyll's main house. So anyway, um, Utterson knows this because Jekyll is his like BFF. So when he sees that door and he hears his story, he thinks that's Mr. Hyde because in the will, um, Jekyll has left everything if Jekyll disappears even <laughs> to hide. And so Utterson's ultimate goal becomes making sure no foul play was involved with the creation of Jekyll's will. So um, the will bequeaths the doctor's fortune to a man named Hyde and Utterson's like, why is my BFF giving everything to this man I never met? It's weird. Can mm-hmm. I pause you? Yeah. I would like to know where you got that description from of the houses because I, I felt like they said... One house was here and another house was there. No, so that's how he knew right away that the two were connected. He already had a suspicion about Hyde because of the will. But when he saw the door, which he knows leads to Jekyll's home, someone else mentions it like, oh, did you know right away because of this? Mm. And he's like, yeah, that's how I knew right away that that, this this must be Hyde's part of the house or Hyde's home. Makes me want to reread. Well, you could do it in a day. I think, um, I know you don't do audio books. <laughs> you know but you, what I did find? Yeah. I did listen to the audio of this. Uh-huh. And guess where? Where? YouTube. <laughs> I believe in checking okay. resources. So as long as it's not like costing you anything, you'll do it. <laughs> that is correct. So I read it and then I was thinking, I bet the audible version is really good. And so when I went for a run, which I walked most of it, we don't have to talk about it. (laughs) But I listened to the audible and it was good. Those readers, they like get into it. I felt like I was, I was scared. I was like running away from high. And I was like, wait, wait, (laughs) I was not in 19th century London. I was disappointed by my audio read. Oh, see, that's because it was free off of YouTube. It was probably like a baby reading it. Dr. Jekyll and there Mr. Were, Hyde. There were two. I listened to two different ones, okay. but I was disappointed by them. And, but that's okay. Well, the that's why you hate audiobooks. <laughs> I listened to what I needed to listen to, and that is the point. Okay, great. So Utterson's like, yeah, why is my friend bequeathing everything he owns to this guy he never met? It's weird. And after having heard this story, he fears that there's some disgraceful reason for the right. will and the friendship between Jekyll and Hyde. Like maybe Jekyll did something, it Hyde saw it, and he's like, got him by the neck. Blackmail. Blackmail. Uh-huh. So part two, the meat ugly. You heard the meat cute. I thought that was cute the way I named this. It's 
it's the meat ugly. The so, meat? <laughs> what is that? Because it's an ugly way to meat. So his investment. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, okay, we okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying the meat ugly. Yeah, this okay, is the meat ugly. I get it, I get it. Thank you. That's funny, but okay. <laughs> so Utterson's so investigation, um begins with a visit to D. Lanyon, Dr. Lanyon. And Lanyon, Jekyll, and Utterson were like BFFs in university, at university. Like for all their life? No, just university. I thought it went back further. It didn't. So Lanyon lets Utterson know he doesn't rock with Jekyll like that. He did say that. (laughs) And hasn't really for 10 years. Basically, you might see us in a room together. I might even go to his house for a party, but I don't know nothing about that man. I I don't want to know anything about him. And the reason is that he... It, it doesn't sit, it strikes him funny that Jekyll is obsessed with a particular type of study that Lanyon feels has no place in science. Yeah. So like quackery. to Utterson, that sounds like, oh, you guys have a professional disagreement. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But uh-uh, there's something else there. And Lanyon ain't with it. It makes him feel weird. Mm-hmm. He don't like it. Yep. Um, and But in the end, he's never heard of Hyde. So, right. oh, well. So Utterson starts staking out Hyde's entrance into Jekyll's home. So he goes back to Notting Hill to that door. Trying okay. to question him uh-huh. and see his face. Okay. Mr. Hyde, I think. Mr. Hyde shrank back with the hissing intake of the breath. But his fear was only momentary, and though he did not look the lawyer in the face, he answered coolly enough. That is my name. What do you want? I see you are going in. I'm an old friend of Dr. Jekyll's, Mr. Utterson of Gun Street. You must have heard my name, and meeting you so conveniently, I thought you might admit me. You are not fine, Dr. Jekyll. He is from home. How did you know me? On your side. Will you do me a favor? Will you let me see your face? Mr. Hyde appeared to hesitate, and then, as if upon some sudden reflection, fronted about with an air of defiance, and the pair stared at each other pretty fixedly for a few seconds. Now I shall know you again. It may be useful. Yes. It is as where we have met. And apropos, you should have my address. And he gave a number of a street in Soho. Good God, thought Mr. Utterson. Can he too have been thinking of the will? But he kept his feelings to himself and only grunted in acknowledgement of the address. And now, how did you know me? By description. Whose description? We have common friends. Common friends? echoed Mr. Hyde a little hoarsely. Who are they? Jekyll, for instance. He never told you, cried Mr. Hyde with a flush of anger. I did not think you would have lied. Come, that is not fitting language. The other snarled aloud with a savage laugh, and the next moment, with extraordinary quickness, he had unlocked the door and disappeared into the house. Let's take a quick break. Okay, so Utterson is crazy creeped out. He goes to Dr. Jekyll's home, um, the proper entrance, um, and learns from a servant, Poole, that Hyde has a key and comes and goes as he pleases. And then Utterson's like, oh, no, oh, no. What's (laughs) going on? About that. Part three, Mm -hmm. mind your business. Mm -hmm. So Jekyll is a recluse and he has a party for close friends, which is a big deal. And that party includes Utterson and Lanyon. I think Lanyon's there. But the point yeah. is, Utterson with his dusty self, people love him so much that when the party's over, they want him to stick around and just chat it up. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those occurrences. <clears throat> Utterson begins questioning Jekyll about Hyde. And then Jekyll's like, okay, you need to mind your business. And um, anytime I want to, I can get rid of Hyde. Don't you worry about it. It's all on the up and up. Yes, if yes. Hyde is around, it's because I want him around. Yep. And then 
Addison's like, well, at least it's not foul play. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He still don't agree with it. Part four. Karu gets caned. (laughs) So, (laughs) there's this maid that goes home and looks out her window. And she's like, oh, it's a nice night. And then she looks out in the street and sees a man that she recognizes as Hyde. Cain, another man to death in the middle of the street. Now this is evil. Finally, something evil happens. Because yeah. that thing with the little girl, I wasn't feeling it. No, that, that wasn't, wasn't evil. evil. That was just bad behavior. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. And it when was the, the girl's fault. So It was. Mm-hmm. Blame the child. It's about time. Mm-hmm. When the police find the dead man, he has Utterson's name and address in his pocket. Yeah. Because he is Utterson's client and close friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Utterson leads Scotland Yard. I love that. What is Scotland Yard? <laughs> I really don't know. They're the police, I guess. They're the police. Yeah, I yes. love that. Um, so he leads Scotland Yard to High's home. He likes snitch, snitch, snitch. I wait, know who did it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back it up. Just tell one the police. Quick second. <laughs> so do you remember they went to uh, Utterson's home to get him? Yeah. All right. The the Scotland Yard. Yeah, yeah. Because they found the address in the dead man's pocket. Right, uh-huh. right, right. So. Did you notice that part where they said he had breakfast before he left? <laughs> so, <laughs> Utterson had his tea uh, brewing or his water tea. hot water on for the tea. He had some eggs on. <laughs> and they was like, hey, Utterson, my bad, but Carew dead. And I guess you knew him. And Utterson was like, man, hold on. Let me eat these eggs. And drink <laughs> let me tea. get dressed. Right. Fully dressed. There was no running out of the house. Right. He got dressed. He had breakfast. Hand me my fedora. <laughs> okay. Shine up these shoes. Because, you know, they know me in these streets. <laughs> and I somebody told me I was dusty. So, <laughs> so Utterson has his meal. You right. Mm-hmm. And then he like, I know where to find the culprit. I'll take you there. And he leads him right to the door of Hyde. So I wasn't going to talk about this part because it was weird. <laughs> but I'll just mention it real quick. An equally dusty woman comes to the door and she's like, <laughs> she's like, what y'all want? And they like, hi, I live here. And she go, oh, yeah. Why? He do something. <laughs> she so, was ready to snitch. She works for high, she but wanted she wanted to turn him guts. in. She wanted to turn him she, in. She works for high, but she hates his guts. And so she was be like, I would tell y'all where he at, but he hasn't been here in months. Da, da, da. Part five, the letter. So Utterson catches Jekyll at home, which is a big deal because after his party, Jekyll becomes a recluse again. And um, when he catches him, Jekyll looks really bad. He's scared, frail and full of regret. Um, Also, he has a letter from Hyde and it says essentially that Jekyll doesn't need to worry about Hyde. I mean, Hyde supposedly wrote that, hey, Jekyll, you don't have to worry about me. Because I'm going to escape by my own means. Yeah. So Hyde is saying, I know they're looking for me because I caned that man for no reason. By the way, no reason. <laughs> I was him waiting. In the street. I was waiting. I was waiting to hear why. What's the reason, Hyde? Now that's evil. <laughs> so he canes him in the street so Lie bad down. that the cane broke. And it was like a well-made cane. Yeah. Anyway. So, um... Utterson infers that Hyde will evade the law by leaving town. But that's not what Hyde said. He said he can escape by his own means. Mm-hmm. And that part is really what's scaring Jekyll, we mm-hmm. can infer later. So Utterson is then visited by, at his own home by Mr. Guest. And Mr. Guest seems like a friend of the lawyer. Also, like his, he's employed by the lawyer in some way. He's like the clerk. But he goes to everybody. He makes house calls, Mr. Guess. And he's also an expert, a handwriting expert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the handwriting expert <laughs> on that. So, so Utterson, like, is not discreet, even though people tell him all his <laughs> business. Mr. Guess come over and Utterson like, oh, ooh, guess what? Jekyll gave me this letter. You read it and tell me what you think because it's going to have me tripping all night. And so Mr. Guest looks at the letter and he's like, well, the handwriting's peculiar, peculiar for sure. Um, and then a servant, as they're talking, enters with a party invitation from Jekyll for, um, for Utterson. Mm-hmm. Guest sees that invitation and instantly recognizes the handwriting to be the same as the handwriting of the letter that yes, came from Hyde. Yes, it did. Part six. Langin' dead. So Jekyll is making an effort to be more social. Oh, 
So he's out of hermithood and trying to be back right. in the um, circle, social circles right. again. And this is when he has the party where Utterson and Lanyon are there. Um, and then immediately after the party, he becomes a recluse again. Mm-hmm. And Utterson's like, I can't take this. Something wrong with my friend. I got to know. By the way, Tangent, Utterson's like a good friend. I think I'm a lot like Utterson. Like, I can be a little dusty. And if I think something's going on in your life, I'm not going to go to you first. I'm going to go to the problem. Who the problem? Where the problem at? I got to solve the problem. <laughs> Meanwhile, you will be like, mind your business. I'll be like, uh-huh. what say. Yeah, Where yeah. Where is the mind your business like, I'm going to solve the case. You know what? Mm-hmm. You right. You right. Don't tell me your problems because I'm going to solve them. <laughs> so, um, Utterson goes to Langan to, di- to discuss Jekyll's return to hermithood. Mm-hmm. And Langan now is looking pale. Yeah. Frail. Yes. Close to oh, death. I can't wait to hear what you got to say. Because you're not that cute. No, I'm just kidding. He dusty, too. And your hair is uneven. <laughs> you look dusty. Okay, so now Langan's the dusty one. So, um, Langan, soon after that visit, dies. Dies, right? Dies. He did. He did. And he leaves Utterson a letter, a letter to letter. open only after Jekyll is dead. Now, this man dead. I'm going to read the letter, but not Utterson. No. He is a man of integrity. Yes. And he goes, he don't want me to read the letter? I ain't going to read the letter. Mm-hmm. So he don't. But he wanted to. He wanted Who he wouldn't? He wanted to. He wanted to. I was just partying with you. And it's like 10 days later, mm-hmm. Langan is dead mm-hmm. from the party at Jekyll's house. <laughs> I heard that go all the way down to yeah. go. Sarcophagus. I'm sorry. I was thirsty. That's okay. The readers probably won't hear Okay. It. Yeah, drink your water, girl. Okay. Um. So, part seven. The look. So, this is real quick. Onion. Utterson uh, <laughs> and his cousin are chilling in Notting <laughs> Hill again. And they're like, ooh, antique shop. Um, they come to Hyde's old entrance and enter the courtyard to find Jekyll sitting at the window. So, okay. if you remember, that entrance that Hyde was using was discreetly linked to Jekyll's main home. Okay. So they like walk in, which I thought was bold. The mm-hmm. cousin's like, well, I'm going in. <laughs> and Utterson's like, cool, me too, because I like mess. And so they like yeah, on this man's property and they look in the window and there's Jekyll. They haven't seen Jekyll in what feels like forever. So right. when he sees him, Utterson is genuinely relieved. And he's like, hey, man, where you been? And Jekyll's like, you know what? I'm actually really glad to see you. And Utherson's like, well, you ain't got to be glad. We're we going to come in and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then a look comes over Jekyll's face. Yes. That's like just haunting. And he's not reacting to what Utterson said. It's an unnatural look. Yes. So instead of going, you know, what's wrong? Can we still come in? Utterson and his cousin turn around and leave. They like back out slowly like, uh. (laughs) That's like those cues you get, you know, like. Yeah, well, it was all so surreal. And then they get back into the street and walk a block or two in silence. (laughs) And and his cousin was like, what? And Utterson was like, let's pray, okay? (laughs) Because this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Part eight. Saving Jekyll. So, pool. <laughs> Saving Jekyll. <laughs> so, All right, then. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, pool, who you'll remember is Jekyll's servant. Yes. Uh, makes a surprise visit to Utterson's home and is desperate. Um, Utterson follows pool back to Jekyll's house and all the servants are like in one room and they scare. It sounds coming out of the doctor's cabinet, which is like his private room. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's locked, that room, so they can't go in there. But sometimes they hear a man weeping like a woman. Sometimes they hear, it's just too much. They all just scared. And they are scared. They were like huddled in a corner, right? Right. Mm -hmm. In a closet or something. So courageously, Utterson takes Poole and decides to force Jekyll out of his room. Utterson really is a great friend. He like, this enough of this. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to go get my friend. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He is a good friend. He is. And he walks up to the door. Jekyll, cried Utterson with a loud voice. I demand to see you. He paused a moment, but there came no reply. I give you fair warning. Our suspicions are aroused and I must and shall see you. 
he resumed. If not by fair means, then by foul. If not of your consent, then by brute force. Atasan, said the voice. For God's sake, have mercy. Ah, that's not Jekyll's voice. It's Hyde's, cried Utterson. Down with the door, Poole. Poole swung the axe over his shoulder. The blow shook the building and the red base door leaped against the lock and hinges. A dismal screech as of mere animal terror rang from the cabinet. Up went the axe again and again the panels crashed and the frame bounded. Four times the blow fell. But the wood was tough and the fittings were of excellent workmanship. And it was not until the fifth that the lock burst and the wreck of the door fell inwards on the carpet. The besiegers, appalled by their own riot and the stillness that had succeeded, stood back a little and peered in. There lay the cabinet before their eyes in the quiet lamplight, a good fire glowing and chattering on the hearth, the kettle singing its thin strain, a drawer to open, papers neatly set forth on the business table, and nearer the fire, the things laid out for tea, the quietest room you would have said and but for the glazed presses full of chemicals, the most commonplace that night in London. Right in the middle, there lay the body of a man sorely contorted and still twitching. They drew near on tiptoe, turned it on its back, and beheld the face of Edward Hyde. He was dressed in clothes far too large for him, clothes of the doctor's bigness. The cords of his face still moved with a semblance of life, but life was quite gone, and by the crushed file in the hand, and the strong smell of kernels that hung upon the air, Utterson knew that he was looking on the body of a self-destroyer. We have come too late, he said sternly. Whether to save or punish, Hyde has gone to his own account, and it only remains for us to find the body of your master. Okay, so... <laughs> Utterson! Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> so, in the room, they find a revised will... Leaving yeah. Jekyll's fortune to Utterson. They also find a letter written by Jekyll that tells Utterson it's time to read Dr. Langan's note that yeah. he left when he died. Um, so, yeah. So, part nine, Langan's tale. I'll Ooh. make this quick. So, Get in his letter, <laughs> more. Langan gives all the tea. Spill, spill, spill. He received a strange letter. Lanyon received a strange letter soon after that party that Jekyll had that mm -hmm. they were both at before he just like went missing. And it asked Lanyon to go to Jekyll's home to pick up a package and then bring that package back to Lanyon's office, I think, or his home, whatever. I couldn't quite figure out if Lanyon was at home or at work or whatever. I think it was at home. Okay, so we'll say home. And then um, the letter from Jekyll tells Langan, a man will come to your home and collect it from you. So Langan does it. He goes to Jekyll's house. Poole helps him find the package. Poole, uh, Poole doesn't know what's in it, but he finds this like drawer and he takes it. Yep. And, um, and the man who comes to collect the packages, duh, Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde. So when he arrives, Hyde gives Langan the choice. You a good friend, the choice, number one, two choices. Number one, you a good friend. You've done what your friend asked you to do. Now you can leave and forever be the same as you were. Mm -hmm. Or number two, you can stay and forever be changed. I'm not responsible, but I'm going to open this package. So my take was that <clears throat> Dr. Hyde came to um, just Mr. Hyde, Hyde mm -hmm. came to Lannon's house and he, he could stick around. He could do what he had it was to do his house. <laughs> he would do it there or he would. No, go. Hyde was not going to leave. Hyde was telling Langan, you can leave if you want. You Hyde. can leave your own house or yeah. you can say, and Langan's like, I'm going to have my curiosity satisfied and you in my house and Langan did exactly what I would do. Get about your business. <laughs> you leave. Shoot. <laughs> so Hyde takes the content of the package and mixes a potion, which turns three colors. That's kind of important. It turns, I forget. And then red and then like green purples in there somewhere, yeah. but it ends green. And then before Langan's eyes, as he drinks it, Hyde morphs into Jekyll. And Langan's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, um, so there are a few quotes I want to read. Um, Langan says, 
My life is shaken to its roots. Sleep has left me. Mm -hmm. The deadliest terror sits by me at all hours of the day and night. The creature who crept into my house that night was, on Jekyll's own confession, hide, hunted for in every corner of the land as the murderer of Carew. And then I realized when Hyde walks in, yeah, he's a murderer. So I'm kind of scared of you, too. I'm also not going to leave you in my house. Mm -hmm. And Jekyll should have told me it was going to be you. But I got issues with Jekyll that I'll talk about in my final verdict. Okay. So this is too much for Langan. And he dropped dead. <laughs> he drops dead, which any sane person would do. It was a lot to take in. It was a lot. He had experienced so much. And I think as a doctor, it just. And he's him. a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, okay, part 10. This is the final part. Jekyll's confession. So the last chapter of the book is Jekyll's view of things. And I'll make this quick because. <laughs> In Jekyll's letter, we learn, one, he was born into privilege and pressured to be exemplary. Boo to the who. (laughs) He sees himself as good, but is obsessed with exercising his bad decisions or inclinations. And he worked on a potion for years. It's become his life's work. Mm -hmm. Everything he, every, um, corner of mental space is occupied with creating this potion to um, give him an outlet to bad deed for bad deeds. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So, um, Oh, there's a quote here. So he eventually finds a perfect mixture. And then he says about Jekyll himself, mm-hmm. which people who talk in the third person. Am I right, Kanye? <laughs> so he goes, Jekyll had more than a father's interest. Hyde had more of a son's indifference. Ooh, so Jekyll deep. feels like um, a fatherly. He feels um, familial for this thing he created. Mm hmm which is himself. And then Hyde is like indifferent to it. Hyde is like, I want to go live in these streets. So Hyde's indifference though, towards um, Jekyll turns into a hateful resentment for the part of Jekyll that plays in his life as sanctuary. So in order to avoid the consequences of his deeds, he has to go back to being Jekyll um, because he doesn't want to get caught. Right. And he begrudgingly returns to being Jekyll regularly. Uh, When not Jekyll though, Hyde starts playing tricks on the doctor. So he starts burning Jekyll's father's photos yeah. or writing blasphemies yeah. in Jekyll's pious books. That, like, to me, that's more evil than, like, stepping on a child. <laughs> <clears throat> so eventually Jekyll needs to take his poison not to become Hyde, but to return to Jekyll. Yeah. Because, uh, and... Y- you didn't mention it. It was he got to a point where he was turning into Hyde just naturally. Yeah. Or like effortlessly, I should say. He went to bed and woke up. He as like Hyde. put his hand on his face and he was like, But this hand is weird. And then he looked in the mirror. He goes, Oh no, I'm Hyde. Right. And I didn't take any potion. Right. So eventually he has to start drinking that stuff to become Jekyll again. Um and so eventually he's effortlessly hide unmedicated and must with great effort, he says, as if gym- gymnastics concentrate yeah. to become Jekyll. It's a mess. So in the end, he discovers that his potion, the potion that worked, was made with inferior products, which I thought was genius. Crazy. So right? that was how they were effective. Anywhere he goes to find these products again, that... um contamination is gone yep. so that potion will never work again never so he's again. doomed to be hide forever that was brilliant I thought man <laughs> man was it ever and I mean, he's writing letters to pharmacists like give me the good stuff and they like the this stuff. is the best stuff we have what's wrong with you why are you tripping and the and pharmacists were mad they That's were like, why are you coming for us like this yeah but it was the initial and and he bought a large portion of stuff. He How much use. did he say? Oh, I don't know. The original package what? that he bought, the he was original in pieces. Yeah. He got a large portion of that. And that's why he was able to reuse it. But then that ran out. Right. And so he had to buy this other one. So and everything that he tried after that was not the same as that original imperfect one. And that imperfect one allow him to go into that dual role. So that's something there. In order for him to become this gross 
physical manifestation of imperfection. He needed an imperfect ingredient. And that's something that's pretty good. Let's take mm-hmm. a break. Alexis, what's your final verdict? Would you recommend this book? I have to say yes. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend this okay. book. Um, my first reading of it, I was just so mm, taken in that I wanted everybody to know about it. Yeah. And then my second reading, it was just even more. I underst- yeah, yeah, I understood I feel like just a little bit more than I did the first time I read it so that it made it fun. I was excited to read this book. So, yeah, I definitely will. The characters are strong. Um, There's just these really good phrases that Mm -hmm. are in there. The book Mm -hmm. is well written. Mm -hmm. It's very well written. I would love to read some of his other works as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely would recommend someone read this. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I would also recommend this book, wow. The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, I came into it thinking, oh, I know this story, but I didn't because <laughs> can I share some thoughts with you? Go ahead. I can't wait. How evil is Hyde really? Like beating a man to death in the street. That's that is terrible. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. What is wrong with you? Um However, I know some people who have like killed people in the street and I wouldn't say that they were evil. I would say I hope the listeners aren't like shocked by that. But <laughs> but um, I would say that they made bad choices. However, if you are someone who believes in um, Adam, Eve and their children, then you believe that the second sin ever committed was murder. So as soon as we um, divert from a path of morality, who's to say that you couldn't be a murderer, that I couldn't be a murderer? I don't know what that conversation was about. Is that bad? (laughs) Okay. So I don't (laughs) know what that conversation was about that Karu Cashew had with Hyde to make him. Maybe he owed him money. That happens every day. That to me is not in itself an act that reveals you. Okay. Let me get down to it. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I I would say to that, because they did not reveal it, he just pummeled him into death, <laughs> to death. Mm-hmm. Listen, this happened with a stick, right? Right. That broke. Yeah. Those are all bad things. This is I terrible. Won't say he's I agree a with that. Okay, but I cannot other him. I do believe that is wow, shockingly bad. <laughs> but that is not something. Okay, getting down to it, I believe that Mister that Dr. Jekyll is far more evil than Mr. Hyde. Because he did it. Because Because his life's work became to create a persona where he could exercise his evil inclinations. He admits that the evil side of himself was never fully developed. And physically that manifests itself in the fact that Hyde is short, (laughs) which, hey, short men rule, right? I mean, like... It's not so much that he was short. He was bent over. Yeah, he's, like, deformed a little bit. Everyone who sees him is like, something about you is not quite right. Right. Um, And according to Jekyll, Edward Hyde was pure evil. So... Um, Jekyll worked to create this fully evil character, Mm -hmm. but never worked to create a fully good one. And for that duality to exist, shouldn't you also be working on this potion where you become truly good? No, because in his mind, he was Jekyll stayed Jekyll and he was like really good in his mind. I I wish I um, tagged the page because I did not, as I mentioned, I had several books, but there was a piece in here that talked about Jekyll doing good. Do you remember that? Sure, yes. And this he was did after. good. But he was not a good man. 
No, just because you do good. This is the problem with philanthropists. Just because, oh, oh, Malcolm Gladwell has this theory and maybe he got it from someone else. I forgot. But people give themselves like uh, um, an allowance, like a sin allowance. Like I did this good. So I'm going to allow myself to do this bad. Yes. I think I remember reading that. Was it in a book we read? Maybe. Because I remember that. But what they said, and I want to say it was Enfield that may have said it, the cousin. Yeah. He Oh, good. That was the cousin's name, right. Good. Mm -hmm. It was like, and there was something behind it, and I wanted to Like it wasn't good. Right. And so I think that's what you're talking about when you said that he's doing the good thing. Right. And it was implied in that book. And and so this good, true good is a heart condition. And his heart was corrupted. Jekyll's heart. That's why he was so obsessed with creating this evil persona. Um, also, um, I can agree with that. OK, so so I talked about how he like succeeded in creating this holy evil. He calls um, Hyde a holy evil person, Mm -hmm. but there is no holy good one. Not to me, but to Jekyll, he himself is holy good. So, um, Oh, and then it got me thinking there's this book. I won't mention it because I haven't researched its appropriateness, but I've wanted to read it because Edward Norton, who's a great actor stars in the movie. Okay. That the book is based on. Mm -hmm. And that, book is and I didn't see the movie either but I know the story because I read the synopsis on wiki and that book is very much a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of story in modern day and then I thought all of Edward Norton's characters are always Dr. Jekyll's and Mr. Hyde's I'm not gonna name them but he too is obsessed (laughs) with this duality issue and in the end of them the big surprise the big reveal is always that the good guy was never Never good. He never existed. This is true. This is true. The good guy was always the bad guy. That's why we say the doc. This story of good and evil, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, is is retold over yes. and over again in various forms. There's a million ways you can retell this mm-hmm. story, and it has been done successfully. It's but true. But that's why yeah. I would recommend it because I really went into this thinking. I know the story. I thought this was about a man who becomes two people, or whatever but no this is about a man who was bad to begin with he is he is evil he is evil that did something extremely evil so that he could do other evil things well he created him for that purpose he wanted him specifically for that purpose so that really does go to his own Mm -hmm. evilness Mm -hmm. and for that rls blew me away i thought this was incredible and it's so short just read it this could, you could read this in four hours or really listen could. to it. I know you don't do that, Alexis, but, you know, listen to the book, you guys, while you work out at the gym. It was a good book. Very good. I don't know if read I read it, it in four hours, but, four I, hours. I, you know, that's I just what it. the Kindle says. Oh, really? Yeah. But and that might be it's like, your reading time. So with Valette, I had to go back and reread so many pages that I think it threw off my average read. Um, whatever analytics it uses. So now it thinks it takes forever for me to read a book. (laughs) No, Kendall, don't you? So do you need like a a whole bunch of short books? Um, yeah, I could use that right now. That a bunch of short garbage. books to say. Don't say. <laughs> but I think I like that because I would like to know how long it takes me to read a book because yeah. I feel like I'm a slow reader. Mm. I feel like I'm a slow reader. Mm-hmm. But, but you're masticating over every little detail to like, although you didn't know that Jekyll and Hyde's house was connected. So I did well mm. listen to the I, <laughs> Hey, thank you for listening to Lit Society. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Honoria and Kari Herrera. Hey. Listen to this podcast on Apple Products, Spotify, <laughs> and all major podcast providers. Well, that's starting Apple Podcasts. In 2020. 2020. Not right today. Now. Yep. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend about Lit Society. Yeah, we sent you guys a link to sign up as test listeners. And that's probably why you're listening to it before 2020. Share that link if you know someone personally that you think would also like to listen. And visit us on LitSocietyPod.com to sign up for the world's best free newsletter. Oh my goodness, you guys, it's awesome. And until next time, read something. Read!